and welcome to Step Up, a podcast series brought to you by TF and South Sudan, featuring inspiring conversations to encourage and engage young people in South Sudan to improve their quality of life and to positively contribute to the development of their communities. In this episode, we'll be talking about youth unemployment in South Sudan and some of the contributing factors to the high rate of unemployment among young people. We shall also delve deeper and explore alternative ways young people can use to become job creators instead of seeking white-collar jobs. My name is Rosemary Wilfred. I'm the Media and Communication Manager at TFN South Sudan. I'll be your host for this conversation. Step up. Inspiring young minds. Now, in South Sudan, the World Bank estimates the rate of youth unemployment at 22% as of 2022, and this is largely attributed to insufficient labor demand, lack of skilled labor supply, absence of a coherent government policy, and the lack of a sound legal and regulatory framework that is limiting the absorption of youth by the labor market, among other reasons. So today, we shall be hearing the perspectives of two youth representatives who We'll be speaking about unemployment situation among young people and what they can recommend for their peers as they navigate through their daily lives and life choices. Welcome both and thanks for being part of our youth podcast. Can you please introduce yourselves to our audience and tell them what you do? I'm by name called Wilson Yokwe, my graduate, bachelor's in accounting. Now I'm in search of a job in Juba since graduation and currently uh, running some projects for myself which I've been employed already like 10 years so when I had this program I was so much impressed about it so let him come and have a talk about it thank you so much thank you Wilson let's talk to you Viola and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do yeah thank you for this opportunity um Madame Viola Lino Yokoju I'm currently the finance officer of the Institute of Social Policy and Research. Yeah, I started with them as an intern, but currently they've promoted me. That's impressive, thank you very much. And really, the fact that you started as an intern and then got a role as an officer, for me is impressive because most young people still don't like to hear about volunteerism, and later we'll talk more about that. So, what's your general idea or knowledge about youth unemployment in South Sudan? And then what percentage, if any, do you think some youth are unemployed at the moment? I think uh, my understanding about the youth unemployment, so this is the situation a youth is looking for a job, but he or she has not found. And then according to World Bank, because this is mostly research funding things which are helping us a lot to get about more data, uh, current as Sudan rate of the youths and employment youths, it is standard 19.2%. So you can see the difference now. So it means most of the positions occupied by elderly, and the, it means the youths are not so much engaged today to the employment sector in South Sudan. So there's a really very big gap. What do you think are some of the main contributing factors for the youth unemployment? situation here in South Sudan. 19% is quite a big percentage, if I may say. One of the factors that I have realized as a youth, uh, we youths, we have an unrealistic salary expectation. 
I just give myself an example. The time when I came from school after finishing, I said, yes, I'm going to work for six months, I'm going back to school. My expectation was I must get a salary of $1,000 per month because there are jobs in Juba. And above. Above, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in actual sense, many people, once they, they get an opportunity, they don't take it. Even though they rent or one day, they don't take it because they already have an expectation of the salary. Very high one. Yeah, very high one. So it automatically damages us to get employed. So, so that is a, one of the factors that I have seen. Then secondly, what I have realized also here in Juba, we have poorly written CV because mm -hmm. most of us who came from the school freshly, we are taught even how to write the CV. That is the level of the school. But the type of the employment that people have here, the CV, the type of, for the employment is different sometimes. Mm -hmm. So with your first knowledge, you came there, immediately you begin writing as per you are taught in the school. <laughs> yeah. So it automatically knocks you out. Mm -hmm. So I think these are some of the few that I can, then my colleague can add more on that. Sure, Viola, welcome. Welcome to the conversation. So we're still talking about some of the major contributing factors of why there is high level of youth unemployment in South Sudan. What, what do you think are some of the causes for this? I would say one of the major causes of youth unemployment, especially in South Sudan, is the war. Mm -hmm. This has really seriously negatively affected the youths because I could say like after the war, some of the people had to migrate out and coming in, they're behind. They failed to get education, like in the camps, I'm sure some of the people did not study. And coming back, they are so behind. So I'd say like the, the war has really affected the youths. And then we have the gender norms, whereby you find a culture that says a woman cannot work. A woman is educated, she has the knowledge, but when she gets married, a husband says, no, you cannot work. You have to stay home which is really affecting. And I would say youth unemployment, the, the biggest percentage of people who are affected are the females, the girls, the mothers. And this is due to the gender norms. Some societies don't allow ladies to work. A man is feeling insecure when a wife goes to work. So you're forced to stay at home, even if you have the knowledge. Right. Yeah. And then we have the, the digital divide. We have people who have gone to school and maybe if you apply for a job and you fail to get, you decide to use your phone. Mm -hmm. You can you can go to someone and say, I'll help you advertise your items and this person will employ you. And we have these people who, who don't know how to use that. Right. So yeah, we have been divided. So those who, who don't have the knowledge mm. will lag behind. And then like we have the skill mismatch. Mm -hmm. Uh, for example, maybe I'm, I'm good at maybe football. You want to take football as a profession, but maybe you don't have access to that. So you, you maybe venture into business, and yet you know that you, you don't have the knowledge. Then you get into a business, you're making profits, you misuse, at the end of the day, the business collapses. Yeah. Yeah, so you mismatched your skills. And that's really a very serious thing because even for recruitment agencies or hiring managers like in organizations, you find that they always talk about this issue of skill mismatch because you're advertising for a finance officer position and people even from procurement or people from WASH 
fields, even IT are all applying for this position. Right. And this and is because people are even desperate. People are desperate yeah. and sometimes they just don't know what is required. I would like us to talk about potential negative effects of this youth unemployment now. I know that when somebody is not employed and, like say, already had a big plan, a big dream, high salary expectation, and maybe plans of what to do next, but then when all this doesn't happen, how does that impact on the person, especially young people that we see who have the skill, who have the, you know, the relevant academic documents, but they're not able to get into any system to work? Yeah, this youth unemployment has really a negative impact in the country at large. We have issues of suicide. Let me just take an example of someone who has financed his education. Mm -hmm. And you graduate, you expect yourself to get something, and you're in search of this work for a long time. What comes into your mind? You get depressed, stressed. That's why other youths end up committing suicide yeah. which is really not good that's very sad yeah yeah and we have the high crime rates an example is juba most of the crimes are committed by the youths and this is because they lack what to do right. and we have these who cannot even employ themselves you come up with something and do because we have this these people who say no i studied i want to work in the office and when you fail to get they become thieves. Yeah. Also right. very angry towards the ones who are already working. Yeah. You you start hating your brother. You 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 started together and for him he, he was lucky he got employed. You feel like no. I even want to kill this one. He's yeah. not good. Yeah. Increased poverty. Uh a family of six kids, all of them went to school. They have the potential. They search for work and they can't find. What happens to this family? Who is going to provide? How will they eat? Wow, serious. Let's hear from you, Wilson. Um, what have you observed are some of the negative uh, impacts of this youth unemployment? Uh, thank you. Uh, I can add to what my colleague has already put. We have drug addiction. Somebody will decide if I'm stressed, what, what to do now. Let, just let him take alcohol so that I go home and sleep. So that the stress is no longer there. Moreover, they know that it is increasing. Yeah. So you become addicted. One day you cannot sleep without taking alcohol or drugs. So that's automatic damages you. you see? Yeah. So for our ladies, maybe or men even in the city, you find I just give example from where I'm coming from. People say they are coming from my village to Juba to work. You find that somebody is having only a tea place. And is providing the family, even in Uganda, and say, hey. You don't know what is happening with this person. The tea place even cannot provide all that what is provided. But they expect you to support. You have to support here. Yeah. So they, they venture to other things, for example, like prostitution in the city and so forth, for example. Mm. So these are the things which are really so much affecting us so much. So general this in the society, it gives stress to the society automatically. So I think that is a few of the factors which are affecting us so much here. Thank you very much for that. And uh, I would like us to talk more about some alternative ways that young people could use uh, to become job creators rather than seekers. And I was impressed initially when you mentioned that you started something uh, for yourself when you couldn't get a, a white-collar job. 
and it's able to you know raise for you some money to be able to fend for yourself and for your family so i'd like you to talk a little bit more about that how did you think about the idea and how did you actually get it working and how is it helping you right now uh since i came uh as i've mentioned before i could not get a white collar job as you have put there so what I try to do it is I have to look at what's like I see there are a lot of opportunities on the ground, business-wise. There are a lot of opportunities. Because as, then, as people put it, three young nation, they are, everything is still new. The, the environment is green and it's good for everything. They started as long you have put uh, the right, uh, right what exactly you wanted to achieve, they can work out. So I think of... Now, I'm in the city, I have a family. What should I do exactly current now? So what I made my mind is, let me start a salon business for myself. So that I at least, because I have seen this, I have potential in this salon. Mm -hmm. It can generate for me something. Okay. So I started with the two chairs. And that time, what I did was, I have to, as being in the city, I don't know anything. Or somebody that I have to have a, talk to my uncle to help me with some capital. Because for me, case I cannot start anywhere. So the good thing he responded, so I have to look for ways. So I, have to, I started with the two chairs. Started with the two chairs. So after six months, I pay him back this capital that he has given me. So from there, current now, I have two places with, wow. the, with the each place having five chairs. That's impressive. So that is almost I'm employing 10 years. So that is a, one of the activities that I myself personally have to quit. What advice can you give someone who finds himself in a similar situation after graduation, there's no job, and somehow you have to provide for yourself and even for your family? What advice can you give such a person? I would uh, like really advise all of us here, especially the youth in Juba. We can start with any casual work that you can see on the ground. Because what is the important thing is you have to provide something on the table for the family. So. Anything, whether being sweeping even and so forth, you start from there. So many casual works to be done here in Juba, and even though it is payless, but you have a target. Okay. In the end of the day, you have something. So let us not to have the idea that they always have to get a white collar job and have that. So the little that you have, get it and supplement for yourself and plan for it well. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Wilson. Let's hear from Viola. Uh, Viola, we are talking about other ways young people can create jobs of themselves, or at least some income-generating activity or venture, rather than just relying and waiting upon when a white-collar job would come. So what are some of those ways that you feel could work for some of your peers who are still not working or not employed at the moment? Yeah, I would advise the youths as an alternative to overcome the unemployment, they can do cross-generation mentorship. Like, you, you can go to elderly people, mm -hmm. talk to them. You know, this, these are people who survived those years, even before offices and what. You ask them, how did they do it? You can get something, you can pick up something from them, and you can use that to help yourself out. And then the, the skill matching. For example, if a lady, and you know you can plait hair, even if you don't come up with a saloon, just put your chair somewhere. Get someone. And from normal, you see people coming in. 
I, I want to use myself as an example in the process of searching for my internship because I, I have a school nearby. Mm -hmm. I decide to, to make snacks mm -hmm. that I sell at the school. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me a lot. Yeah. One thing people should avoid is this peer pressure. Yeah. Someone is saying, mm -hmm. how can you do this? Mm -hmm. It's not good. I financed my education and I had to join this security work. And people are like, hey lady, you, you're, you're doing this. It's not good. Mm -hmm. But where am I right now? Yeah. That same money from that security job. I would go open the gate. The whole day you spend it under the sun. And I have this group of people who used to laugh at me. And right now I'm far better than them. Right. Yeah, so people should not listen to, to these peers. Someone is encouraging me. No, this work is not good. And this is the same person who is sitting at home the whole day. And has nothing to Yeah, you, you don't have to feel ashamed of what you're doing. I would like you to share briefly your experience on volunteerism. Like, how did that help you? Because I know that many young people shun uh, volunteerism. People don't want to hear that you're going to yeah. volunteer. Yeah. Most young people want to attach monetary Money. value to anything they want yeah. to do. Even when you invite them for a meeting just to listen, listen. to other people, they still want to be paid. Yeah. They want to be paid for coming and mm. sitting. and <laughs> yeah. So I'm just wondering how you managed to get into volunteerism and how that really helped you to get where you are right now. Yeah, I would say since I was a person who was tired of searching, when I got this volunteer work, I said, it's not about the money. I need the skill. Mm -hmm. I need the knowledge. Because one thing I realized is my CV was lacking something. Sure. You know, when, when you're fresh from the university and, and these people are applying, even if they advertise for volunteer work, they will do an interview. Of course. Yeah. So I felt like I need something so that I can improve my CV. I was like, it's not about the money. I just want to get the knowledge. And I would say my hard work paid off. I was hardworking and I was always ready to learn. Whenever I didn't know something, I would ask, I want to know this. And I think this, this impressed my, my bosses. I'm really happy for you and I'm happy about how it all turned out because this is really a very encouraging story for most young people who are thinking of waiting until they get a good job. I think just getting into a system and having an opportunity to learn how things are done, it's like one of the best gifts a young person can have. And I just hope that other young people listening will be able to emulate that and take advantage uh, of such opportunities when it comes by. So is there any other recommendations that you could make maybe to young people, but also to some employers? Because I hear young people complain a lot about job requirements. Government policies are not favorable positions that they feel they're able to do it. So what recommendations can you make, whether it is for the young people or for um, employers like the NGO world or private sector or even to the government, if any? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I would like to start with the youths. Uh, the first recommendation I can give the youth is we need to encourage entrepreneurship among ourselves. Mm -hmm. You find that we have a lot of trainings online, even though before the COVID and so forth. Most of this training can get online for the entrepreneurship. But you see these youths, they have all these smartphones. What do they use these smartphones for? On social media. Right. 
Facebook, WhatsApp, and so forth. Nothing apart from that. They watch us, you cheat, and so forth. But they cannot intervene to this kind of things. So let us use the available sources so that at least we attend these trainings online so that we get enough knowledge. That's the first thing we need to do, encourage entrepreneurship seriously. We need to encourage the career guidance. Mm -hmm. You know, some of, like for my case, if I was having a very good career guidance, I would have not studied this course that I have done. Because some people are having a talent, but they go to the wrong profession. Yeah, sure. And to you, Viola, if you could please uh, share more, uh, some ideas or recommendations that young people or even some employers could implement to improve the youth unemployment situation here in South Sudan. Yeah, I would say education, which is a big factor, especially in this country. We have a lot of youths who, who just don't want to go to school. But we all know that uh, a quality education prevents crime activities and a lot, a lot of, you know, people may say that they go to school and later on, we who didn't go to school are now their bosses. Mm -hmm. But we don't only go to school to learn, you, you, you learn a lot of skills from education, mm -hmm. conduct, this, these are all things that we, we get from school. So if we could go to school, we should just accept to go to school especially to the girls, you decide to go into marriage when you're young, mm -hmm. which is not... Unprepared. Unprepared. Mm -hmm. It's not good. And to the government, if they could come up with, like, government schools, where the needy can go, vocational schools training, that don't mm -hmm. require money. Mm -hmm. Of course, we, we have people who really want to go to school or to, to learn skills but they don't have the money. And if our government could come up with such schools that someone is going to go and learn something freely just from the government, it will be better. It will help us break down this youth unemployment. Step up, inspiring young minds. was Modong Viola and Wilson Yokwe sharing their thoughts on the youth unemployment situation here in South Sudan and their inspiring personal stories for others to learn from. Now, if you're a young person qualified and not employed right now, be encouraged that there is still something you can do to achieve your goals in life and get a dream job or even create a self-sustaining job for yourself. I encourage young people to join volunteerism as a way of gaining skills Join educational training programs that target the skills gap which focuses on employability skills, job hunting, interviewing, entrepreneurship, and any other training that provides young people with the skills they need to succeed in their careers. Also, seek opportunities to access youth capital for entrepreneurship, either from non-government organizations, civil society organizations, or even government institutions. And to address issues related to skills mismatch, the private sector, the government, and education systems really need to start collaborating to determine what knowledge and skills young people should be taught in order to find rewarding work. Considering businesses are suffering from the skills mismatch too, they need to take a more active role in promoting appropriate education and skill building for young people from an early age. 
achieving sustainable development goal number eight and ensuring everyone is able to secure a decent work means ending the youth unemployment crisis, working with young people and giving them the chance to maximize their potential. Step up, inspiring young minds. Now with that, we have come to the end of this episode on youth unemployment. I'm Rosemary Wilfred, the Media Communication and Advocacy Manager at TFR South Sudan. Thank you very much for listening and always remember to join us in the next edition of our podcast. Mm-hmm.